0: I love America, I love our Constitution, I love so much about who we are, but the government and what it's doing right now, the government is out of control, persecuting Peter Navarro. You know Peter Navarro? Senior advisor to Donald Trump, he's been right on just about everything. I think he's right on the election. I know he was right about Wuhan. He was the one who said the coronavirus was developed in that lab and America was writing checks. He was right, he was right. They threw him in jail today. The FBI, they locked him up. His crime, uh, not immediately complying with that phony baloney January 6th committee. They could have handled it in so many ways. They could have said, hey, we have a warrant for your arrest. Uh, Meet us downtown. They didn't. They dragged him off an airplane, put him in handcuffs. Once he was in custody, they put his legs in shackles. You can't take away this man's dignity, though. Here he is just after his court appearance.
1: What that kangaroo committee
2: is doing right now is investigating for punitive purposes. They're essentially acting as judge, jury and executioner. Their mission, their clear mission is to prevent Donald John Trump from running for president in 2024 and being elected for president. And people like me are in their way, and they're not coming for me and Trump. They're coming for you. All 74 million of you who voted for Donald John Trump.
0: Again, he would have surrendered. His crime, okay, his crime, not immediately complying with the January 6th committee. The January 6th committee, quite frankly, those guys and the way they've been operating, I think it's almost a duty to not cooperate with those guys. What are they not looking at, by the way? Hmm? The little cop, the little cop who waved everybody uh, in. Why are not we finding out about that? Or the cops who just stood by as protester after protester. They almost seem to be invited in, right? Almost invited. This is what we need to know about. This stuff. The, the most secure building in the world. One of them. Everybody just gets inside. And these three cops who just walk away Moments before Ashley Babbitt is shot. That's a hell of a time for a coffee break. Yes, a woman was killed, Ashley Babbitt, and they're hassling people like Peter Navarro. This is really, really corrupt. I love our country, I love our Constitution, but our government has lost it. And so is the president, by the way. Did you see the speech last night? Um, Angry Joe, passionate Joe, but pretty stale Joe, stuff he's talked about before. What was up with those candles, by the way? It looked, um, I don't know, almost satanic or like some sort of weird yoga spa. That's what he does Um, on big events. He breaks out the candles. 400,000 COVID deaths, 800,000 COVID deaths. There were the, the candles. But when they really started to add up on his watch no more candles at 800,000 deaths. He just uh, waved and smiled and, and walked off. All right, back to the speech. Um, how about some misinformation?
1: In the 10 years it was law, mass shootings went down. But after Republicans let the law expire in 2004 and those weapons were allowed to be sold again, mass shootings tripled. Those are the facts. Yeah. No,
0: those are not the facts. That's spin. That's spin. And that's what these guys do. They try to make themselves look as good as possible because he did have something to do with the assault weapons ban back when he was in the Senate. But it overlooks classification, handguns, all kinds of things. And just trying to show that he did something. And it doesn't even matter what they do as long as it's something, as long as they can say they did something. He almost admitted it last night.
1: Let's hear the call and the cry. Let's meet the moment. Let us finally do something. They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something.
0: And when you think of Joe Biden, you just think of a man of action, right? He's a man who gets things done. No. No, he's not. He's just a career guy, smiley politician, not even guy smiley anymore. Again, with the the anger like that guy in Seinfeld, if you appear mad, somehow will be impressed.
1: My God, the fact that the majority of the Senate Republicans don't want any of these proposals even to be debated or come up for a vote, I find unconscionable.
0: Unconscionable. You know, he talks about Senate Republicans like they're ISIS, like they're Al Qaeda. These are the people he's supposed to know. This is the master of the Senate. No. And by the way, overall, on gun control, this guy is a phony. He's been all over the map and he's been incredibly well protected. We found this on the Internet right over Joe's shoulder. Joe Biden has been protected by assault weapons basically his entire life. And think about it, there's really something to that. Um, today at the White House, counter-assault teams armed to the teeth with all kinds of weapons. It was the same situation when he was a, a senator on Capitol Hill. They had assault teams all over the place. And at the Naval Observatory, Joe Biden has been protected by assault weapons for the past 52 years. And for a long time, Joe, he was really honest and actually wise about gun control. During my 12 and a half years as a member of this body, I have never believed that additional gun control or federal registration of guns would reduce crime. I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, non-traceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. He was smart back then. Well, he wasn't smart. (laughs) He just wasn't dishonest. This is all the way back in the 1980s. So where is America right now? America is in a bad, bad spot. I, you feel it. I feel it. Look, everything seems to be on the line. They're taking away our freedom. They seem to want inflation. They want these gas prices to go up. And they want our children corrupted. I was watching TikToks while I was out of school because of the pandemic. And... um I just ended up on the like queer side of TikTok. I'm like, I didn't like really know these people existed. Maybe this is who I am. TikTok spent a lot of time on TikTok during the pandemic, and presto, she's whatever she just said she was. And this at first I thought I was a lesbian. And but I'm like, that's not right. Maybe I'm non-binary. No, I don't think that's right. Trans? Yes, that, that's, that's what it is. So we've got tens of millions of kids spending a lot of time on TikTok. Uh, have you been on TikTok? It's actually best to be avoided. It's a crazy place. It really is. And it seems to be dominated by this very strange uh, trans-centered conversation that is seducing children. Seducing children. And some children. Where does it come from? Where does TikTok come from? It comes from China. It is owned by a Chinese tech company. Headquarters is located in Beijing. And it's interesting, you know, China, they take this stuff very, very seriously. This. This trans wave, it's not happening in China. Oh no, they've got strict laws against it. And some of their most famous celebrities come out and say, yeah, look at this, this is the policy, resolutely put an end to the sissy men and other deformed ascetics. Now, I think you can be whatever you want to be no matter where you are, this is a wrong policy, but they are encouraging the, well, this trend in America.
3: The sissy man image has gained lots of public attention. This perverse aesthetic has created a bad influence and shocked society and left people dissatisfied.
0: That's the standard in China, but they're funneling it here to America. And what is it doing? It's undermining, I think, everything, including and especially our military Bri is also the uh, one of the highest ranking transgender service members in the military and is the highest ranking transgender service member in the Department of the Air Force. You are an inspiration to many, right? Uh, you are breaking barriers. What inspires you? What keeps you motivated?
3: You know, what really keeps me motivated is the people that are going to come after us. Some people have called me a trailblazer in some of the things that I do, and that's something I really embrace.
0: Wow. You know, this isn't some kid's uh, YouTube channel. This is the Department of Defense. They produce this, they're promoting it as if this matters. Unity matters, the uniform matters, country matters, teamwork matters. But we're gonna celebrate this trailblazer's differences. It's really dangerous stuff. It's undermining everything. And we used to do things that were just so much bigger and so much, yes, better.
1: I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil, arming to threaten the peace of the world. And the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty is finally staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. For our friends in the press who place a high premium on accuracy, let me say, I did not actually hear George Washington say that.
0: So where are we now? Those are those are strong statements, big, big ideas. Where are we now?
1: I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God given potential.
0: Transgender teens everywhere, the president has your back. Go to the moon or talk about transgender stuff. This isn't just words. These are priorities. This is important. And who wants us talking about such unimportant things? Hmm? Yeah, China does. And by the way, who's really good friends with uh, China? Joe Biden. Oh, yes, he is. I mean, hasn't he bragged about it incessantly? How well he knows this guy, what's his name? President Xi? Hey, by the way, what did China want? Do you think they wanted us in Afghanistan? No, they didn't want us in Afghanistan. And shortly after Joe Biden becomes president, we leave Afghanistan in the most catastrophic, disgraceful way imaginable. Afghanistan, we're out exactly where China wants us out. Remember, China borders on Afghanistan. And Afghanistan has a lot of things, well... That China wants They want the weapons we left behind They want those lithium fields This is bad stuff Is it all coming together? And they are compromised Hunter has boasted Boasted and bragged like crazy About all the money he's supposed to get from China
1: I have another New York Times reporter calling About my representation Of the Literally Dr. Patrick O The (laughs) Spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, founded, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the <laughs> largest <laughs> LNG port in the world.
0: What would the richest man in China be doing hanging around with a crackpot like him? Huh? Huh? The whole thing is kind of coming together. It's all making sense right now. Hey, stay with us. This guy really is desperate to be elected senator from Kentucky. This is his campaign commercial. It is the ultimate in, I don't know, pandering, uh, attempted shock, journalism. Who knows what this is, but this guy wants you to vote for him. And he put a noose around his own neck.
2: Bob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to newsmaxtv.com podcasts for other platforms. Something's has All I can say is,
0: is that, that the, the fake news, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, do do you know? Your orientation, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. It is such a non-thing. Quite frankly, it's just not interesting, except when you turn on TV. Man, oh man, oh man. Um, they're really fixated on people who happen to be gay. And this being, yeah, it's still Pride Month. Yeah, they're making a thing about Pride Month again. I think pride, too much pride in anything is a problem, in anything, okay? But no, this is America. And you gotta take pride in, well, you gotta take gay pride. First things first, can I just say, happy Pride Month, everybody.
2: is love is love, am I right?
0: We are unapologetic. Uh, all right, then. everywhere, all the time. It really is, especially, well, in cities in America, this is the way to be. And if you're not, you kind of feel out of it. Somehow, it's all exclusionary, like you are lesser than, like you are not valued. Anyway, this is, I believe, rather a perverse way to look at the world, right? Focusing on this orientation. Who cares, Okay. You know who doesn't care and is really uncomfortable about it? Our friends and allies all over the world. Now, Kuwait is a very important strategic partner of the United States. Close ally from Kuwait. We launched the invasion into Iraq in 2003, and of course, we liberated Kuwait. Well, guess what? They're not on board with this kind of agenda. They're not. But our embassies under our woke State Department just unthinkingly put out this kind of stuff but should have nothing to do with foreign policy. Take a look. This is the, uh, the tweet from the American Embassy about Pride Month. This is the US Embassy in Kuwait. Now, you could say, well, I mean, what's the problem? You know, it is a problem, okay? It is. Kuwait does not wanna talk about this stuff, okay? They're not talking about You can't push this in their face either, okay? We have to respect host countries. I wanna be clear here. Criminalization of gay activity is wrong. That should be criminalized, okay? It sh- you, people can be and should be whatever they want to be wherever they are. But promoting it like this has antagonized some of our dearest allies. Take a look at their reaction, the Kuwaitis. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs summoned the acting head of the diplomatic mission of the U.S. Embassy for a meeting about the embassy's publication of references and tweets supporting homosexuality. They go on to say... Uh, Kuwait rejects what was published and stresses the need for the embassy to respect the laws and regulations enforced in the state of Kuwait and the obligation not to publish such tweets in compliance with what was stipulated in the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations of 1961. Um, we have to sometimes play by their rules. Now, again, there are countries in the world who tragically say it's a crime for people to be who they are. That's wrong, and we're working to change that, or at least we were under Trump, but we were smart about it, okay? We were diplomatic about it. And tweeting the gay pride flag in meatiest countries, that's not being diplomatic, that's being kind of stupid. And also, it's just downright offensive to do it for the Vatican, okay? We all know the church's position on this stuff, and it puts them in a very awkward position And that's wrong. That's not diplomatic, huh? No diplomacy from the Biden State Department. All right. Now this.
1: The pain of our past persists to this day. In Kentucky, like many states throughout the South, lynching was a tool of terror. It was used to kill hopes for freedom. It was used to kill my ancestors. Um...
0: What year does he think it is? How desperate is he? And you know what this imagery does? It really, it makes people afraid of each other. It makes, I believe, young black children afraid. Joe Biden's been working on that for a long time. This is a lie. And these, this imagery in a political campaign is dangerous. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? Hey, Joe Biden is a man who once promised to never, ever, ever take a break from the
1: job. The moment we rest is the moment that our influence diminishes. We're not going to rest. Politicians
0: say that all the time. I will not rest until such and such gets done. Well, this guy's, well, he's resting again. We just had a three-day weekend. He left the White House on Thursday, yesterday, to start another, I guess, three-day weekend At the beach, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Here he is getting off the plane uh, in Delaware Thursday night. Okay, I mean we—that's kind of bad form, right? That is bad form. A three-day weekend into another three-day weekend. We're not—you know—it's not Fourth of July. It's not Labor Day. Um, He does have a beach house in Rehoboth. That's. uh, Wait a second, is that his beach house? I actually think that's his uh, house in Wilmington. And then he has a, well, he has a house in the beach. He also has a house in Virginia. And of course, he's got the White House. Why not just stay there? Oh, and don't forget Camp David. What goes on at that beach house? I'd like to know. Hey, let's face it, the fake news, they have been so wrong about so much. Of course... Everything about Trump, right? Trump won't win. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Uh, What else have they been wrong about? I mean, famously. Uh, Oh, yeah, right. Russia collusion. Right, 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 right. So I don't believe them. I really don't believe them. And then when they tell me that these food processing plant fires are no big deal, that something's not going on, that something's not right, I don't believe them either. More when we come back on the food fire situation, which is very, very suspicious. Moments ago, it's uh, it's official almost. Dr. Oz has won the Senate primary in Pennsylvania as his closest opponent, Dave McCormick, concedes the race. They were locked in a battle that had gone on for weeks, a recount, and only about 900 votes or so separated them out of uh, 1.3 million cast. But just moments ago, Dave McCormick has conceded. He says tonight is really about coming together, about all of us coming together. So uh, throwing his support behind Dr. Oz, scene, Dr. Mehmet Oz, 61 years old, the famous Heart surgeon, talk show host will now go up against the uh former Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, uh, Fetterman of Pennsylvania, who just suffered a pretty severe heart ailment of some kind, and I believe a stroke. Uh interesting guy. This should be quite a race. And this tells us again Dr. Uh, Oz was endorsed by Donald Trump. That endorsement probably made all the difference, and I know he's very, very grateful for that. And uh Very gracious of Dave McCormick to uh, lend his support. Tonight is really about us coming together, he says. Hey, and a quick word about Kathy Barnett. Quite frankly, I was very hard on her. Uh, There were problems, I thought, with her resume, but a spirited campaign she waged, undoubtedly a compelling candidate and personality with potentially a a big future. There's a lot there to admire, and I congratulate her uh, for her performance in the campaign. You know, it's interesting Her base was ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA, as MAGA as it gets. And it's funny, what do they say about ultra MAGA? Oh, they're racist, oh they're this, oh they're that. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. So things are sometimes said during a campaign and I congratulate Kathy Barnett for her performance and I look forward to seeing what's next in her very intriguing career. All right, now, food fires. They've been happening across the country And I'm suspicious. Are you? Carolina Taylor Farms, a huge fire on April 13th at an Indiana Walmart. uh, So much food destroyed on March 16th at a Minnesota place. It's uh, Forceman Farms, Minnesota Forceman Farms on May 28th. Another major fire. Oregon Azure Plant, April 19th, another fire. I don't believe that one's explained yet. All of these have question marks. Oregon Shears on February 22nd, a major food processing center, another major fire. Idaho, April 13th, this is where we had a plane crash into a potato processing plant. What's happening here? You know, a big part of the Green New Deal, and most of this affected uh, meat outside of the Idaho situation, you remember the Green New Deal? What do they hate? <laughs> they hate meat, and I think they hate the people who like meat carnivores people like us here's AOC
1: in the deal what we talk about is i mean and it's it's true is that we need to take a look at factory farming mm-hmm. you know period it's wild yeah. and so it's not to say you get rid of agriculture it's not to say we're going to force everybody to go vegan or anything crazy like that
0: but it's to say listen we got to address Factory farming. Maybe we shouldn't be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like, let's keep okay, it real. slow down. Yeah. I mean, I... all right. Nobody does that. But uh, yeah, they don't want us eating meat. They really don't. we got to keep an eye on these food factories and what the heck is actually going on. Also, this do you remember during Black Lives Matter summer, uh, they were torching police vehicles left and right. This happened in New York City. Firebomb Molotov cocktails thrown into the vehicle this is worse than anything that happened on January 6th, save for Ashley Babbitt. More on her in a moment. Um, two lawyers, two lawyers were arrested. Uh, they've entered guilty pleas, and it looks like they will be sentenced in a couple of months. They are still on home confinement, okay? And they, they spend two days in jail. They've been on home confinement ever since, and it looks like they might get a year and a half to two years in jail. Maybe. We don't know yet. They torched police vehicles, right? Look at these guys. They didn't torch police vehicles. They didn't do anything like that. Ryan Samsel at the Capitol on January 6th. He's been in jail since January 30th of 2021. He is still in jail without bond. He didn't hurt a cop. He didn't do anything. He didn't destroy property. How about this guy, Jonathan Mellis at the Capitol on January 6th, in jail since February 26th, held without bail. Still in jail. And those people are already, and of course, Ashley Babbitt is still dead. We'll be right back. You're looking at Blake Masters. He's a Republican candidate for the United States Senate in Arizona. He's an attorney, a venture capitalist, and also Donald Trump's pick for this very important office. It's currently held by U.S. Senator Mark Kelly. A lot of folks are not too crazy about him, but uh, let's meet Blake Masters. Welcome to Newsmax, sir. How are you? Good. Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. You bet. Well, make your case. Uh, We have our feelings about Mark Kelly. But what's wrong with him? Why do you think he needs
3: to go? I actually think he's the worst U.S. senator. You know, he votes in lockstep with Chuck Schumer and the Joe Biden inflation open borders agenda. He's basically Bernie Sanders, if you look at his voting record. Right. But unlike Bernie Sanders, at least Bernie Sanders looks you in the eye and tells you what he is. You know, he'll admit it. He's a far left socialist. Mark Kelly. He votes like a far left socialist, but he actually pretends to be a moderate. So he adds this layer of dishonesty and his votes are ruining this country. He's out of step with Arizona. I'm going to send him home. Peter Thiel
0: is one of the smartest guys in the world. (laughs) uh, He has a lot of trust in you. You ran his foundation, I believe Uh, you're his pick as well. Um, Tell us a little bit about your work with Peter Thiel and a little bit about you. What makes you uh, ready for this
3: big job? Yeah, well, thank you. Peter's. Uh, he's a next-level thinker, as you've said. I met him in I was in law school. He came and taught a class. I did well in the class. We actually turned uh, a class that he taught in law school into a book, and we published a best-selling book. So then I rose in responsibility to manage his foundation and ultimately his whole investment firm. So uh, if you know Peter, he's a genius investor, but he's also very political. Uh, he signed on to the President uh, Trump campaign, then candidate Trump. Back in 2016, and we helped out the campaign and then I uh, got to serve on President Trump's transition team, along with Peter and, and Steve Bannon. And that was a that was a wild ride. And so, look, I moved back to Arizona a few years ago and just in time to see both of these Senate seats, which were ruby red when I was growing up here in Arizona as a child, uh, we saw both of them turn blue. And Arizona is not a blue state. You know this. Arizona is still a conservative state. And uh, the Democrat leadership has failed so badly. Mark Kelly is such a failure. I thought, let me throw my hat in the ring. I thought I'd be a good candidate. I, w- I want to run on this America First platform. Uh, and I think I've been proving that out. And I'm I'm the candidate who's going to win this primary and, and beat Mark Kelly. We're going to send him home in November.
0: I know what you mean about Arizona. That's my feeling as well. I don't have the experience you do there. But I lived in Yuma, of all places, for four years. And I. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Here's President Trump talking about you not too long ago. I think this is before he made up his mind, but he seemed to be leaning in the right direction. Take a look.
2: Less than 10 months from now, Arizona is going to send the ultra leftist Mark Kelly out of Washington in disgrace. And I hear we have one of our, at least one of our U.S. Senate candidates and a very successful guy, a really terrific guy, Blake Masters. Blake? Where's Blake? Thank you. Thank you, Blake.
0: (sighs) All right. And a little bit after that, he made it official, took a good look at you. And let's put that up on the screen. Blake Masters is a great modern day thinker, uh, strong on border security. He will be tough on crime and support our military and our vets. It is my great honor to give Blake Masters my complete and total endorsement. And let's face it, that's key. He's on a roll, you know, Dr. Oz just won in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. this, uh, this is very good for you to say the least.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's the biggest endorsement in politics. Uh, obviously it's, um, it's, just, it's, it's humbling and I'm honored at a personal level. Uh, I credit President Trump with saving this country. Literally, he saved us from Hillary Clinton, right? Look how badly we're suffering after two years of Biden-Harris. Well, imagine six or seven years of Hillary Clinton, right? Which would be our fate. We're not we're not for for President Trump. But, um, you know, just even at the political level, this is going to be rocket fuel for my campaign. We've already got the lead in the campaign, and this is going to help me build a big lead quickly and sustain that lead. So I think uh, with President Trump's help, man, I'm going to win this primary in August and uh, and carry on the momentum through the general election. Really excited.
0: Hey, rocket fuel, you'll mention. And I want to make a quick observation and run it by you. You know, uh, Mark Kelly famously an astronaut, his twin brother, an astronaut as well. And that's great. I have tremendous respect for that. But this is a contest about ideas. Politics has become more about ideas. What are you going to do for us today? Not about, you know, your resume and all the cool things you did in the past. I mean, lots of people can boast about those things. Not many ex-astronauts out there. But still, that was good for you. Fantastic. Let's talk about the here and now. I kind of like that because... Maybe five years ago, it would have been unthinkable, I think, to to knock out an incumbent military veteran who had been to outer space. But now, sorry, it's about ideas. And
3: I think that's good. I agree with you, especially because he's laying down this left wing voting record. So it's like, congratulations, man, you're an astronaut. That's really cool. But when you ask him about Mark, why are you voting for open borders? Why are you voting for trillions in spending? I don't want to hear some anecdote about the space shuttle. Okay, your votes are literally ruining this country. I'm going to hold you accountable for them. We're, we are an America first state. This is an America first country. It's an America first Republican Party that we are building. Uh, that's the opportunity President Trump gave us. I'm going to capitalize that on Ari- in Arizona, and uh, we're going to send Mark Kelly home. He's just not good enough.
0: You know, there was a guy named uh, Jack Schmidt who actually walked on the moon, and New Mexico sent him to the United States Senate, and he was knocked out after one term. And- I- I really like Jack Schmidt, but his candidate came up with a slogan. It was, what on earth has he done for you lately? And uh, I don't know if you want to use that one, but I think it might still have some punch. Anyway, uh, thank
3: you very much for being here. Blake Masters, final thoughts? Greg, great to see you. Please, uh, if you're interested, everybody check out my website, blakemasters.com. Let's go win this thing. Let's take back the U.S. Senate and take back this country. right, thank you. Thank you, sir. Good luck, and we'll be right back.
0: Joe Biden talking about guns. Problem is, um, Joe Biden doesn't know anything about guns. (laughs) Nothing whatsoever. It's obvious how ignorant he is about weaponry. He gets the basic terminology wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yet he has all this power. Well, somebody who knows what he's talking about is, well, this guy. Look at him with a gun. Who is that? That is Grant Stinchfield, who, of course, hosts Stinchfield, Every night, right after my show, there he is. He is an expert with weaponry uh, of all types and a great marksman. Grant, welcome to uh, the show that comes on
2: before your show. How are you? I'm doing great. That's called shooting for retention, by the way, and it's one of my favorite ways to shoot. It's fun.
0: That's pretty cool. Grant, look, you know uh, a hell of a lot more than I do about, about uh, gun control and what works, what doesn't work. And about weapons in general, I just wanted your take. First of all,
2: what did you think of the speech last night from Joe Biden? I thought an absolute disaster. But he did what he wanted to do. He wanted to divide the country, and he wanted to motivate his anti-gun base uh, to wage this war against not just guns but gun owners, Greg. And so I thought he did what Joe Biden does best, and he divided the nation again. But. You know, you and I talked earlier today, he was talking about assault weapons. I went back and looked at the statistics. They play these uh, statistical gymnastics. So he says, uh, attacks with assault weapons, so-called assault weapons, I call them AR-15 style rifles, went down after the assault weapons ban went into place. That is simply not true. And then when the ban ended, um, attacks, mass shootings did go up, but 71% of them, a handgun was used. And, and with the attacks that went up, the percentage of attacks with an assault weapon, an AR-15 style weapon, went down. So the percentage of attacks with an AR style rifle went down. So he just lies. And they twist these statistics around to get you to believe one thing. And then he's not even talking about public mass shootings. He's talking about all mass shootings. And if you include all mass shootings, well, 85% of those are drug related. They're gangbang bang style shootings on the street. So he's leading you to believe we're talking about churches and schools when it's really gangbangers that that make up the majority of the shootings that he's talking about.
0: And it's amazing. They don't seem to really care much about those shootings. That That never – he never goes to Chicago to talk about gun violence. He never goes to New York. It's always – You know, these scenes that uh, the mainstream media, they love to uh, they love to go and respond. The drive by media. I'd like to run this by you, Grant. Joe Biden on gun control back in 1985 or so. Back then, he had a different view of these things. Please put it up on the screen if you don't mind. Biden gun control 1985. During my 12 and a half years as a member of this body, I have never believed that additional gun control or federal registration of guns would reduce crime. I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, non-traceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. That sounds like a temporarily very sensible senator. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, he was right back then about that. But this is his history. He changes his tune on everything as he moves further into the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, section of his party now. So, you know, I'm not surprised he talked like that back then. Now, I don't even know if he knows what he's talking about, Greg. He's literally just reading scripts, and I think they have these radicals that are writing his speeches, and they hype him up on Adderall or something. They march him out there, and he, and he unleashes just nonsense on us all. But I promise you, this assault weapons ban will fail. And if Republicans go down this road, it's going to be a really uh, a really bad move because they're going to put the midterms in jeopardy. We have all the momentum right now don't steal our momentum. and I'm talking to Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn right now. Do not steal our momentum.
0: Great advice. Great advice. Hey, can I ask you, because something that might be gaining some momentum, I can't tell, raising the age from 18 to 21 to buy some of these weapons. Now, for me, I don't like it. And it goes back to joining the military and voting. You know, we decided as a country, you're an adult at 18. Um, I'm uncomfortable with moving the age. What Gun experts like yourself, what is the response to those who want to move the age up to 21?
2: Well, anybody that supports the Constitution can't be for it. The, the Second Amendment says my right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless you're 21 years old. We look at 18 years old as adults in society. It's not a constitutional right to drive a car or drink alcohol or any of those things, but it is to own a gun. You, you put a uniform on, Greg. Can you imagine sending a kid out to battle with an M16 that he can switch to fully automatic if he wants to, and he wants to come back and hunt hogs in Texas and he can't buy an (laughs) AR-15 after risking his life? That makes no sense. Or or what about the woman domestic abuse survivor who's 19 or 20 years old? We're going to tell her she can't buy a a rifle to defend herself? It's it's flat-out wrong. And the Ninth Circuit Court agrees with me. They just threw out a couple weeks ago California's move to raise the age to 21 – The Ninth Circuit, Greg, you know, that court's super liberal. They threw it out saying this would put a severe infringement on the Second Amendment. So there's that.
0: You're on the ground there in Texas. Do you have any... What's your takeaway from the Uvalde response? What are they saying on the ground? I mean, you know, the the wait, waiting as long as they apparently did to go in, the reluctance of uh, law enforcement to engage. I'm baffled by it. Uh, I don't, you know, expect you to have all the... But what what are people talking about down there
2: you know i think people here in texas are are just as baffled as everybody else around the country and and, you know i have trained i'm not a law enforcement officer and you know your your dad was one of the top cops in new york city but i train with law enforcement officers and i've talked to them. and every single one of them i've talked to said they would have gone in at risk to their own life Every active shooter scenario now says you have to go in. They keep talking about, well, they couldn't breach the door. Greg, this was a single-story building. Then you go in the window, okay? No one's talking about just go in the window, but you've got to save these kids. An hour is inexcusable, and every police officer I've talked to here in Texas and beyond agree with me on that.
0: Finally, Beto. It looks to me like that was a fatal, fatal mistake, going there, grandstanding, challenging Abbott, to me, it looks like he's a dead duck. What are they saying down there? Yeah.
2: No, the same thing. This, this guy's an absolute clown in Texas. No one has any respect for him. Um, you know, there's an old rule in politics. Don't do something your mom wouldn't approve of or your grandmother wouldn't approve of. That little stunt he pulled interrupting Greg Abbott's news conference there with the Uvalde families, there's no mom or grandmother in America. I don't care how radical they are that would approve of a stunt like that I think it sunk him, but the truth is, Greg, here in Texas, we, we all look at Beto. Uh, Francis O'Rourke, you know, Robert Francis O'Rourke has already been sunk a long time ago.
0: As we go to break and say goodbye to Grant, I'd like to see him uh, firing that weapon again. And tell us, what is this called again? What, what are you doing?
2: Well, that is called shooting from retention. And uh, if you throw the video up there, if they have it, it's basically drawing and shooting from your hip. Close range. See that? So that's as if you had attacker very close to you. You close, show, close range, and then you move back. You create a little space. <laughs> I See love that? it. I love it. That's how it's done, my
0: man. Shoots from the hip, that's just it. like his TV show, which is fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be that's watching Cinchfield weeknights at 8 o'clock right here on Newsmax. Thank you, Grant, to be continued, and we'll be right back. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Stinchfield, he was just here to see him again. His show is next. Thank you. Bye-bye.